Well, good morning, and I just want to say a welcome to those that are joining us online this morning and for our Okatee campus that's been meeting for the last uh, seven weeks or so, and they're doing great over there. And, uh, and I know this morning, maybe they've, they, they enjoyed not having the parking woes that we're having here in Old Town, right? Especially as we get into our, our service a little bit later, it's going to be a little bit crazy as we have our festival happening here in Old Town. Hey, listen, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Genesis. Uh, and in Genesis, we're going to be in chapter, we're going to start in 45. Um, we've got a couple of verses I want to show you there in Genesis 45, and then we're going to make it all the way to the end of the book of Genesis in chapter 50. So if you don't have a Bible with you, maybe you want to open your Bible app on your phone. There's just a few verses that I think, uh, I, I really do believe that they are life-changing verses for you in the things that you might be dealing with and going through this morning. So uh, I know that you're going to want to, I'm one of those people, I like to circle, highlight, and underline different verses in the scriptures, and I would encourage you to do the same this morning. But as we get started, hey, I want to tell you something that happened to me this week. I've shared with you at different times some of the, some of my woes with cars. I don't know if you, you have those same kind of woes, but it's forced me over the years to actually be a part of, of, of AAA. I don't know if you're a part of AAA, but it's just one of those things that I just don't know exactly what's going to happen with our cars. And so I have AAA on on me and two, my two oldest kids that, that are driving. So it's funny because a, a few weeks ago, I shared with you how I ran out of gas. This was back in, in, uh, in August. I was sharing with you as we were talking about values, and you need a good friend like I have, and my friend Jake, who came and brought me some gas as I ran out of gas because, well, the gas gauge doesn't work in my car. So uh, I don't know if that's true of you, but it just is true of me. So this week, I was in a meeting on Tuesday afternoon, and I sort of had my afternoon scheduled pretty well. It was towards the end of the day, and I knew that I was getting ready to leave the office because I had to meet my son somewhere. And, uh, and so we're, we're getting, we're wrapping up this meeting, and all of a sudden I get a call from my wife. And uh, in nine times out of ten, if I get a call from my wife, I'm answering it, right? Unless I just don't see it, that would be the one out of ten. I just don't see the call. But she called me, and she says, hey, can you go pick up uh, my son from middle school, from McCracken. And I said, yes. And she said, Cole has a flat tire on his truck. And, uh, and so I said, okay, no problem. So I just grabbed my stuff real quick because it's already four o'clock and he got out 15 minutes ago. And uh, I was about the last person to pick his kid up. So that was me on Tuesday afternoon. If you were there and watching this guy pull up at the very end of the day and his son was still there, that was me. And uh, so I take him home and I get to the, then I'm like, okay, I'm dropping him off. And then I'm going to go find out what's going on with Cole's truck. And, uh, and so it's not just that he had a flat tire. Um, he actually just shredded his tire. So you can kind of see it. It's not a great picture of it. But I wanted you to see what I was talking about. Like, it wasn't just that he wound up having a flat tire. He, he like, shredded the tire. Now, here's, here's why I'm telling you this story, right? And I don't know if this has happened to any of you, but it's happened to me one other time in my life where I've done that. Is I spent the next three hours trying to fix this because he has special lug nuts on his tire that we don't have the the key for thank you for the person who owned that vehicle prior to us so anyway so I'm sitting there and we're trying like we we uh we actually leave we're like okay let's go to the auto store and we'll see if we can find the right part so we buy something we come back well it doesn't fit so finally, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to call AAA. Like, this is why I have AAA. I'm going to call AAA. So I called AAA, 
And of course, it's automated, so you don't actually talk to anybody, right? It's like, if you'll put your number in here, we'll send you a text, and then you can fill out this form, and then somebody's going to get right back to you. Okay, so we did that. We filled it out. We put our information in there, and it's like a representative will contact you when they are on the way. And we sat, and we sat, and we sat. And finally, I said, I don't think I can wait for AAA, because they didn't ever call and say that they were coming. So here's, here's what I did. I have a friend, another friend, who owns a tire shop in Ridgeland. And I thought, man, I'm going to call, his name's Bobby, I'm going to call Bobby. And so I did. I called Bobby, and I had talked to Bobby in, a, in a, about six weeks uh, when I had another problem. And uh, <laughs> so I called Bobby, and I'm like, hey, I got this problem. Here's what happened. Cole's tire's flat, shredded by the side of the road. Here's where I'm at. Do you think you could send, like, your tow truck? He's like... He's driving down the road. He says, I can do you one better. I just passed one of my trucks on the side of the road. So he pulled up next to the truck that, that he owned. He talked to his guys, and within 15 minutes, those guys were there, and they didn't have the lug nut key either. But what they did is they actually used a hammer, and they just, just kept pounding some... Uh, uh, some sockets on there until it fit and he could get the lug nuts off. And so they, and within like 10 minutes of them being there, we had the spare tire on and we were home and sitting down to enjoy dinner after about three hours of enjoying that nice time. Now, here's the thing. When I was talking with Bobby, Bobby was leaving Bluffton, as was his truck, uh, because of um, if, you, if you were in Old Town on, uh, on Tuesday afternoon, then you knew of this uh, procession, like kind of this, this honoring of Tommy's towing, the gentleman who passed away. And so all of his trucks were actually up here and they were headed back to Ridgeland after that moment. And Bobby stopped and he talked to his guys who, by the way, had only stopped on the side of the road because the hood of their truck was loose. They literally stopped on the side of the road to just get out of the car for a moment to pushed the hood back down, and then they were getting back in the car and going back onto Ridgeland. And here's why I tell you that story. Because if something like that happens to you, like it happens to me, a lot of times we dismiss it as luck. Or even coincidence. But what if the things that are happening to you in your life are not luck and they're not coincidence? But it's actually what we would call the providence of God working on your behalf. So here's, here's one of the questions as we start. What's the difference between luck and providence? You see, we, we spend a great deal of time in our, in our life, and we talk about luck. And we use that word and we throw it around. Well, good luck or we say, man, you're lucky, and we would say those things in a way that, that we think that stuff is happening by chance. So the definition of luck is this, that luck is a combination of circumstances or events operating by chance, right, to bring good or ill to a person. 
So think about that for a minute. Luck is a combination of circumstances or events operating by, and that's the big word, by chance. Like there's no, there's no real point to it. There's no real purpose to it. It's just sort of out there, and it's happening for you in your life, and it's e- either going to bring about good or ill for a person. And I would imagine, depending on where you are in your, in your faith journey, that you would leave a lot of things up to luck in your life. But what if you made the change to understand that there is a God in heaven who is moving in your life and on your behalf, and, and He is a provident God. And in His providence, right, He is bringing about, this is kind of the word, providence is the care and guidance of God in the areas of your life. And if you could just take a step back, I would imagine, I would imagine, depending on your story, like if you take a step back and you look back on your life and you begin to see some of the ways that you can see God's care and guidance and it's not really luck. In fact, I've talked to enough people through the years who, even though they became uh, followers of Jesus later in life, they're looking back on their life at these moments and they're realizing all along the way there was a God in heaven who was working on their behalf. And while the things that they went through weren't necessarily something that they loved, but they can see how in his providence God was working on their behalf. So think of it this way. This guy, Tony Evans, says it this way. We talk about providence. Providence is how God integrates, connects, attaches, detaches, arranges, and hooks things up to fulfill his purpose. Isn't that a great statement? You start thinking about the things that happen in your life, and and when you will take a step back, like, listen, sometimes you just got to unplug, right? So what happens for me is Tuesday afternoon, I'm going through that. Wednesday morning, like, is when I start prepping for my message and I'm talking about the providence of God and you begin to see his hand because I'm I'm unplugged you know when you're in the middle of it you're going why in the world is this happening to me in some ways you might be frantic you might be worried you might be trying to figure it out in fact in some ways you might even be sitting there going is God mad at me Like, are these things happening to me because God's mad at me and what did I do? And you're trying to figure it out. It's like you're going through the week and something happens to you and and all of a sudden you're going, man, is God mad at me? Is this because I didn't go to church? Is this because I didn't didn't have my quiet time this morning? And we start thinking along those lines, but what if it has nothing to do with that and it just has to do with God working in your life because he's after, by the way, something so much bigger than just the here and now. See, the beautiful thing about the life of Joseph as we wrap this up in this series is that Joseph, while in the moment when he was 17 years old and he was sharing his dreams and wound up being tossed in a pit, later in life when he's in his 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, he's looking back on his life and he is seeing all along the way how God has been working in his life. 
how God was causing these things to happen, allowing these things to happen, to prepare him for the future that God had for him, and honestly, that God needed him to be able to do and fulfill. So the first place we see this is in uh, Genesis 45. And so this is that first moment. We, we kind of touched on this last week, but in Genesis 45, uh, verses 4 through 7, is where we are. And, and this is the moment when, when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. And you'll remember that because we talked about it last week. So he reveals himself to his brothers. And in that, right, you get a little glimpse of how he really does believe in the providence of God in his life. Um, just working, right? Not, not even in the background. Like God's just working in his life. And he says it this way as he invites them to come closer, verse 4. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Now, if that was us, man, we would be trying to pay back our brothers, right? I don't know how you are with your siblings, but I know that's what I would want to do with my two older brothers that I have, is I'd want to get them back. Like, you have no idea what you just did. You messed with the wrong person. <laughs> but just as he matured in his faith, you begin to see, like, he, he sees God's hand in all of it. He said, it was God who sent me here ahead of you, to preserve your lives. So something that happened to him when he was 17 years old, years later, because they you had seven years of plenty, you're in, in the famine right now, so you're, 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 he's in his 30s at this point. And, and in that moment, he's recognizing, like, look what God did, that all those years ago, he used... What you did, right? He orchestrated what his brothers did to place Joseph in Egypt to spare, like that's the grace, to spare all of the people around there. It wasn't just the Egyptians. It wasn't just the Israelites or the future Israelites and Jacob's family. But it was actually anybody, any, any person, any, any kingdom in that area that wanted to come buy grain from Joseph, like they could show up. He had a system in place. So God did that for all of those people through his providence. And see, if you're one of the folks that's only looking at your circumstances, you will only see, well, you know, my brother sold me into slavery. Potiphar's wife made an accusation against him that wasn't true. And see, a lot of people, when those types of things begin to happen to them, they wind up getting angry at God. And I would imagine that you probably know some folks that might be right there. And they get angry with God instead of trying to take a step back and see the bigger picture of what God is doing in the midst of our circumstances. He says this in verse 6, This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be uh, neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here. Here's verse 8. Not you. And he, 
is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the, to the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. That's a big picture thinking right there. That's big picture. Realizing I'm not going to get stuck in the circumstances that are going on right now, but I'm going to hold on to in my life the providence of God, believing that he has something greater in store for what I'm going through right now in this moment. Fast forward with me to chapter 46 in verse 28, because you see it again. This is these are just the areas I want you to see how uh, Joseph knew the providence of God in his life. Verses 28 through 30, he says this, As they neared their destination, Jacob set Judah ahead, sent Judah ahead to meet Joseph and get directions to the region of Goshen. And when they finally arrived there, Joseph prepared his chariot and traveled to Goshen to meet his father Jacob. And when Joseph arrived, I want you to see this. This is so cool. What a neat moment. He embraced his father and wept, holding him for a long time. Isn't that just a sweet picture? Two people who never thought that they would see each other again. And they get to that place of seeing one another. And how even as an adult, Joseph embraced his father and wept for a long time. Finally, Jacob said to Joseph, now I am ready to die since I have seen your face. And again, you are still alive. And Joseph said to his brothers and to his father, I will go to Pharaoh and tell him, my brothers and my father's entire family have come to me from the land of Canaan. These men are shepherds and they raise livestock. They have brought with them their flocks and herds and everything they own. Then he said, when Pharaoh calls for you and asks you about your occupation, you must tell him, we, your servants, have raised livestock all our lives and as our ancestors, ancestors have also always done. When you, when you tell him this, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen for the Egyptians despise shepherds. Isn't that funny? Like again, you see the, the hand of God working in this. They left their, their land way back in Canaan because there was a famine that ravaged the land. They were without food. There was probably nothing for um, their, their, um, their flocks to eat, right? So they bring all of that to Egypt. And in God's providence, they show up in Egypt and they're given the land of Goshen. And, and honestly, Pharaoh blesses them in a way that you would have never imagined. And part of what you've got to realize in your life is you're going through different circumstances. Even though they may be incredibly painful, you have to continue to hold on to God's providence, believing that He is going to work on your behalf that he's doing something on your behalf, and even though it might be incredibly painful at this moment, right? keep holding on because there's something to come just around the corner. And now the one thing you've got to realize, and we sang a little bit of that with, with one of these songs, is you realize that what's coming around the corner may not even be in this life. Because, because God's preparing us for what's to come in eternal life and so while there are certain things that are happening in this world and some of them yes are incredibly evil 
God still uses those things. That's His providence. Like He is still using those things for the good of His people as He prepares them for a future that He has in store for them. And if you hold on to that, but part of it is you, you've got to get to this place of not just living for the here and now. If you spend your life living for the here and now, you're going to get into some of those difficult parts of your life and you're going to always ask the question, why God? Why God? Why me? Why is this happening? And and you're going to go on and on and on. And honestly, those, those types of things, while I understand them in a season, you've got to get to this place of embracing the way that God is moving in your life. Right, so I, I just want to share with you uh, three things real quick as we as we kind of wrap this whole thing up, and it, and it all centers around you and I holding on to the providence of God in our life. Okay, so three things that I want you to consider as you hold on to the providence of God. The first one is this: that holding on to the providence of God relieves the pain of the past. It relieves the pain of the past. Now, here's, here's something you got to I don't mean like it goes away. We talked about forgetting with forgiveness last week. I'm not meaning that. But, but what you do begin to understand is that when you hold on to the providence of God, you get to this place of realizing that your pain has a purpose. And when you realize your pain has a purpose then it's a little bit easier for you to embrace like what God's doing. And, and it does not make the pain go away, but it does provide some relief for it. And you're, at, you're going, oh, that's why. That's why I went through that. So you can imagine Joseph at 30, 40, 50 years old as really he's a part of preserving this entire nation and then some. Right, He's looking back on his life, even in the seven years of plenty, and as the famine's coming, and people are showing up, and they're buying grain. Man, and you go read this, like it gets pretty crazy. Like the people of Egypt wind up selling their fields to Pharaoh. They wind up selling actually themselves to Pharaoh. Like it's this really crazy thing that happens, but in the midst of it all, right, you see how God preserved all of those people. And so if you're Joseph, you're looking back and you're realizing, oh, that's the point of the pain that I went through. Because he wouldn't have been prepared, right? He would not have been prepared for what God had in store for him had he not gone through what he went through. And so as he's going through the the betrayal by his brothers, the betrayal by Potiphar's wife, rising not only in Potiphar's house, but then rising in prison to being in charge of all of these things. And along the way, he's learning as he's growing, right? So that when he gets to this place of being in Pharaoh's presence, and he's able to just speak to the dream that Pharaoh had, and then Pharaoh is like, I don't know of anybody else that should be in charge of all of this. So Joseph, here you go. That would have never happened if along the way Joseph had just decided to shut down, right? And go, you know what? This is crazy and I'm just going to wind up and woe is me and I, you know, God's, God's mad at me. Like if he had just started carrying on like that, he would have never gotten to that place of being able to lead Egypt the way that he did. Holding on to the providence of God in your life 
will relieve the pain of your past. And it will help you to see that God does have a purpose and a point for the things that you go through and the things that you do. Um, Genesis 50 verses 16 and 17 is where you begin to see this. So I've talked through this series about getting to the end of Genesis in chapter 50. Like we're reading this story and we know the end of the story. But here's what he says. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs that they committed in treating you so badly. Talk about forgiveness. We talked about that last week. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to, jo- came to him, Joseph, Joseph wept. Joseph has repeated throughout his interactions, by the way, with his brothers. He's repeated how he really does believe that it's because of the providence of God that he wound up where he is. So I I don't know if he's weeping because of his father. I don't know if he's weeping because his brothers just don't see it. But in some ways, he is just moved because Joseph, Joseph realized that God used his pain for God's purpose. God used Joseph's pain for God's purpose, okay? We're going to get to that in just a minute. But here's the, the second thing I want you to see about holding on to the providence of God, and it's this, holding on to the providence of God. And this is, a, this is one for a lot of you. It subdues the burden of worry. No worriers here. Like, no, not even a groan with that. Like, I would have thought that somebody would have a, mm. Even a nudge to the person next to you. Like, just a nudge to go, he's talking to you. You see, we are, we are prone to worry. In fact, this is what his brothers are doing, not only in that passage, but even as they go on in verse 18, he says, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, and and this is where you get the worry from, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? Like he's, he's playing that out. But what he really means is like, you guys are worrying about something that you don't need to worry about. I've been very, very clear with you. Like, I believe that God orchestrated all of these things in my life to accomplish and fulfill his purpose. Why are you worried? And I want to say that same thing to you this morning. God is working in your life to accomplish his purpose. And he is doing it in such a way, and I know that you may not understand it, you may not know it, you may not be able to even see it right now, but he is working on your behalf. Why are you worried? He cares, he tells us, Jesus tells us in, in, uh, in the Gospels, he says, your father clothes the lilies of the field. He feeds the birds of the air. Doesn't he care oh so much for you? And let me just answer that question for you if you're wondering. Yes, he does. Because he did not send his one and only son to die on the cross for the flowers in the field or the birds of the air. 
He sent His one and only Son to die on the cross so that you can have the forgiveness of your sins. And He did that because He loves you. And He's crazy about you. And He wants you to be a part of His family. So consider that. The next time that you are getting yourself worked up and worried. Because if you hold on to the providence of God, if you believe that God is working on your behalf, as Tony Evans said, that God is working to integrate, connect, attach, detach, arrange, and hook things up, right? For you. For you. So you don't have to worry. Now here's the third thing, real quick. And then we're, we're going to wrap it up and sing together. And here it is. Holding on to the providence of God propels you, propels you to His purpose. This is, this is, you look at that and you're like, yes. But here's the tough one. The tough part of this is it's not your purpose. It's not for what you want out of life. It's for what He's doing in you and through you and around you to fulfill and accomplish the purpose that He has, yes, for you. And, and when you really can look at the big picture, if you would sit back and if you would consider your life, the difficult things that you've gone through, the pain that you've walked through, and you can actually just sort of step back and look at those things and consider what is God up to? What is He doing for me right now in this moment? How will He use my pain my circumstances, my frustration, my disappointment, my discouragement, right? What, how will he use all of these things to fulfill his purpose for me in my life? And here's the really cool thing. Like when you believe in a God like that, like you get to sit back in the midst of, of the things that you're going through and you get to sit back and you get to watch. It's like, God, I don't, I don't know how, but I know you're going to work this out for your purpose. God, I don't know when, but I know you're going to work this out for your purpose. God, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, but I don't need to know because I'm holding on to and I am trusting in your providence, in your moving, in your working on my behalf. And so, God, I'm okay to just sit and wait on you as you work things out because that's what he promised. Right? You look at, like Romans 8.28, man, that's a hard verse for most of us. We're looking at that verse, if, if you know it, it says, you know, that God's working. Like, according to, He's causing all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And, and when you're going through the struggles, you're sitting there going, man, if somebody else quotes Romans 8.28 to me, I'm going to punch him in the face. But then when you sit back and you consider all of the ways that God is working in your life, man, you can, you can know. You can walk confidently 
believing that he's going to cause all things, not some things. He is going to cause all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Which, by the way, if you are a follower of Jesus, that's you. That's you. You fit into that. So he's working. So this is what Joseph says in Genesis 50, 20. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position, he says, so I could save the lives of many people. No, verse 21, don't be afraid. And so for you, he says, no, don't be afraid. No, don't worry. God's got this. He's got this. Joseph reiterates, he reinforces what he says to his brothers, and he says, I will continue to take care of you and your children. And he reassured them by speaking kindly to him, to them. And it's just a great picture for all of us As a follower of Jesus, God, yes, He he does bring these, allow these things to happen in your life, but He is working on your behalf because He is is provident over all of creation. And so He is using all of your circumstances and all of the good and the bad. And he's bringing it together to say, I'm working in your life. I'm working in your heart. And if you will trust me, one day you will get to see how this works out for God's purpose for you. So hold on. Hold on. He's got this. He's got this. Hey, would you stand with me? I'm going to pray over us. Just at the end of the service, if you need someone to talk to, man, we got folks that are around, some folks at the hub in the back of the room, and I'll be down front here in Old Town. Matt will be in down front in, in, at our Okatee campus. If you want to just talk with someone and pray with someone, man, we are here. We would love to walk through some of this stuff that you're dealing with with you uh, because you don't have to walk through it all by yourself. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for the truth of your word. Thank you for the life of Joseph. And, the, and just as the story unfolds and we, we see how confident he was and how you were working in his life, God, the, the, the things that we would look at and we would think are, are almost tragic. And God, you just worked and you did your thing the way that you do your thing. And you brought about and accomplished something so incredible in his life to preserve a people. What grace. What mercy. So Father, I pray for us and those that are walking through some difficult seasons right now. Father, would they walk confidently? Would they walk confidently? Holding on to your providence. It's not good luck. It's not bad luck. It's your providence. And you promise to cause all things to work together for the good. 
of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So God, I pray that that would be true for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together as we close our time.